Great Escape. My name is CJ Peterson. My co-host, Mr. Down Below here is Mr. Michael Scott Clifton. And we have another Michael joining us today, Mr. Michael Wigington. We're going to be talking about fantasy. Before we do so, Mike, how was your weekend? Uh, well, it was a hot one. Um, I'm sure if you live in Texas, every you know what I've I mean, and uh, but as I mentioned in our last uh, last Wednesday's broadcast, I have finished the fourth and last book in my Conquest of the Veil series, mm -hmm. and uh, it's now off to the formatter, and from there, uh, hopefully to be you know published as an ebook and a paperback. So, uh, long story started 2005 on that. Uh, a million word count. That's what I first started off with. I mean, I'm going to write a blog on this. I said, there's a long story. When you don't know what you're doing, you get me. And I thought a million words was uh, the average novel. I thought that was great. So, <laughs> so I had to condense that down just a wee bit uh, to the four books. And uh, so it's... Uh, Gosh, it's been hard to explain, but uh, it's like this huge weight's off my shoulders. I've, I've finally accomplished something I've worked a long time on. Good. It's that, That's a relief, too, once you get it going and get it up there. But so, other than that, it's been a great week. How was your week? Michael? Did you freeze? Oh, oh how did you ask weekend? me? Yeah. How's my week or weekend? Both. Uh, both, Mike. Oh well, weekend was good. We had our we had our grandkids uh, up until uh, Sunday of last week, so we had a lot of fun with them, taking them to the movies, and you know, having a lot of fun with them and watching them react to our squirrels we have outside that we feed. They're a lot of fun. Okay, guys, we're having some technical issues today. Um, hopefully, they won't continue to bleed over. But, Mike, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Oh. Making sure. Um, so, today we're going to be talking about fantasy. Michael, I think that's who we're going to have to distinguish. You're going to be Michael. Well, and yeah. then <laughs> so, Michael, um, how did you start writing fantasy? Why did you start writing fantasy? That sort of thing. Yeah, how did I, well, I, I started reading fantasy, uh, gosh, back when I was, what, eight, seven, eight years old when I discovered the Chronicles of Narnia. And that that really set me off onto that kind of um, escapist type adventures. And then, um, of course, found The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. But my mom uh, would also take me to... Um, movies like Jason and the Argonauts and Hercules and stuff like that when I was a kid. So that just kind of fueled my love for that kind of thing. And then um, as I grew up, I just was, you know, an avid reader of, of fantasy and sword and sorcery and that kind of stuff. And um, it really, I mean, I dabbled a little bit in, in writing, but it really wasn't until um, I met uh, my wife um, when she was reading some of my stuff and she was like, Hey, that, 
that is playing like a movie in my head. I can, I can see it. You're a, you're a writer. And, and because of her, I started to take it, you know, more seriously and thought, well, you know, I could give this a shot and, and, um, you know, write a book. And so she inspired me and coached me and all that kind of stuff. She's really good with that. So have you written anything outside of fantasy or has it strictly been fantasy this whole time? Oh yeah. No, no. I read, I've read Dean Koontz. I've read Ayn Rand. I've read, um, um, golly, uh, Louis L'Amour and, um, historical fiction like um, Bernard Cornwell's probably my favorite living author um, right now. And he, he's got some very successful books and TV shows. So not just now, I, I, my, my reading all over the place. When you're actually writing fantasy, what's the difference between writing fantasy and say just writing a general Fiction, like what, what, what tweaks it to make it fantasy is what my question is. For those watching, well, kind of, I, out. I, I, think, but. I think that in order for something to, in, in my opinion, to be considered fantasy, it has to give the reader a sense of the fantastical, something that's unexplainable to a degree. I think whether it be magic or dragons or you know, um, and it doesn't. I mean the urban fantasy they've kind of proven it doesn't really matter what world and whereas probably around you know Tolkien's time and, and after a little bit after it was always a medieval world where fantasy took place um, but it it really needs to give the reader a sense of the fantastical and if you don't have it I don't think that it's fantasy at that point so your books in particular what tweaks it to be you know the fantastical part in it um it's the magic it, it, it you know there's there's uh, um bucks and and mages and people that can use magic and the the world has like some fantastical creatures they're, they're not overdone but there's some elements of fantastical creatures and trees that can you know that kind of stuff those those kind of some of them are tropey you know fantasy elements that that I, I love and wanted in my book. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike, you have three books published, uh, The Bloodstone Reckoning, The Mist Witch of Dreadark Forest, and The Shadows of Witchering. And correct me if I'm, if I'm right here, The Bloodstone Reckoning mm -hmm. is the first book in a series, and The Mist of Dreadark Forest and Shadows of Witcherings are novellas, correct? But they're based somewhat on the yes, Bloodstone that's Reckoning. that's correct. Uh, I, I've read the yes, Bloodstone the, Reckoning, especially the Shadows of Witchering. I've read the Bloodstone Reckoning, and it's an excellent book. And uh, so, if anyone watching out there, uh, thank you. Uh, I I, I uh, think I gave it a five star review, and I thought you did a really good job on uh, your main character and describing the uh, situation and uh, both past, present, and I think future, you gave hints of that as well, of, you know, the sequel to your book. But mm -hmm. so um, why, don't you, why don't you talk a little bit about what kind of gave you the idea for your, your, your first full-length novel, The Bloodstone Reckoning? Okay, yeah. So um, it's probably, I don't know, maybe weird or out there or whatever, but 
Um, I listen to a, a genre of music called power metal. And there's a band from Germany called Ed Guy. And then Ed Guy had a song called The Realms of Baba Yaga. I'd never heard of a Baba Yaga. Didn't know what a Baba Yaga was. And um, so I looked up this Baba Yaga and I read it's She's a Slavic Myth. And I was like, that is super cool. And I've never heard any any stories of, you know, Baba Yaga. There's no, no mainstream except for... Um, which I really didn't realize at the time, but um, it's a little anime that's real popping of it right offhand, but it does have Baba Yaga in it. But in all of the myths and anime, um, the Baba character is generally always evil. She's bad. I mean, and she's, you know, she, if you meet her, you're going to fall to misfortune. And I thought, well, what if, if something where she's actually, so the, the protagonist that encounters her is afraid of her, but what if she's really good? And so that's what I was like. She's, she's not bad. She just has this, um, you know, kind of persona of the way she looks and the way she kind of keeps herself and all this stuff. That's like this. Ugh. And, but yet she's really a good, um, you know, on the side of good and, and, and trying to do good things. And that's where that, that's what spawned that idea was that song. I could see in my head this movie playing uh, of this terrified young girl who's in this this hut with this old woman. And um, so I wrote that scene and then um, discussed it with my wife. And we um, came up with that, the whole concept of it, um, brainstormed it, came up with it. And I was just, you know, took off from there. So question is, are you a planner or are you a pantser in writing? I'm a little of both, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> when I started writing, so, well, it kind of goes like this. I start out pantsing, you know, just start, I come up with a scene and um, it, it plays in my head like a movie. So I write it down and then I will take the, the main character and I'll put their name on a, on a blank document and then fill out some history. And then other characters that come in, I fill out all their history. And then you kind of got to get the objective of what the, the, the story, the storyline is going to be. What's the story problem? Here? And then I'll start kind of planning um, some from there. And then sometimes, you know, the scenes will just come to you as you're writing and it wasn't anything that you planned. And you just keep you just keep pushing forward. So I really like to do both. I don't sit down and plot out everything and okay, here's the beginning, here's the middle, here's the this. No, but I will plan throughout the story as I go along. Hmm. That's interesting. That's unique. So you uh, you start off with no organized plan, but then as you get into it, uh, bits and pieces that you follow up with are in fact you you outline out and fill out as you so that's the actual so you are actually planning as you go along right yeah. i plan as i go along but generally it starts out with the seat of my pants like right. uh like i said with that with the the song the realms of baba yaga i had this scene playing out in my head and i'm like this scene keeps playing in my head so i write it down i'm like well that might make a fun book <laughs> and then you just keep going from there and then you know the the you know, the story problem is the, is the big kicker. And that's the, uh, that's where you got to 
really nail it down and it does take some planning. Well, uh, so I was a little, I was a little fascinated by, cause like I said, I read the bloodstone reckoning and it was, it was really good. And, uh, you do a good job of, uh, creating believable characters, uh, that could be in any genre, you know, historical fiction, thrillers, mysteries, but why the, uh, I guess I'm asking why the novellas? Why not just right into the sequel? What what was? Uh, yeah. How did that so, How did that transpire? Yeah, yeah. So the, the 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 shadows of witchering came about because for I wanted a a pilot, something I could give away um, to people, and we lost CJ, and. Um, I wanted to be able to say, well, you know, here's a sample of my writing and I didn't want it to be a full length novel because I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to give it away. You know, a novel, but it was connected to the bloodstone reckoning in that the legend uh, of Emmeline, the mage, uh, the story of shadows of witchering is one of her younger day adventures. One of her first adventures as a, as a young mage. So, I was like, well, I could use that as a, as a, as a pilot, as a giveaway. And then I was for the, the Mistwitch of Dreadart Forest. I was actually, this is funny. I was creating the realm that the mentor in Bloodstone Reckoning, Baba, the, 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 the part of the world that she's from. And it's very, you know, Nordic Slavic. Cause I wanted to stay true to that Baba Yaga character. And so I was making all these, all these, lands and I was naming all the places and all the places get to have histories and stuff behind their, their names. And I wanted to make a, a nod to one of my favorite video games, which was world of work World War, uh, EverQuest. And um, they had a forest there called uh, Fey dark, which Fey is like the, the elves and fairies or the fate, you know, but I was like, yeah, but it can't, it can't be that necessarily. But I, I had come up with this, this God that they uh, worship. He's a dream God and his name is Dre. And I was like, well, Dre, that's a great name. And so it, it's his forest It's dedicated to him. And so that's where that story went down. And then all, all of a sudden I had this, the Dreadart forest and there's this kind of legend behind it. And so that, that led, into the story of the Mist Witch of Dreadart Forest. Can can readers, if they have not read the Bloodstone Reckoning, uh, can they pick up a copy or buy a copy of the Mist Witch of Dreadart Forest or Shadows of Witchering and read them as standalones, or would they need to have read the Bloodstone Reckoning first? Oh no, they're 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 total standalones. Yeah, they don't involve. Uh, they're they're hundreds of years before the Bloodstone Reckoning. Okay. Yeah, they're 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 standalones. They they involve a you know um, a main character that has really nothing to do. Well, I'm not not in um, the uh, Shadows of Witchering. That character is a legend in the Bloodstone Reckoning. But you don't have to have read the Bloodstone Reckoning to uh, catch on to um, Shadows of Witchering. Okay. Uh, and then the mist witch is a legend later you know it, it, from the uh, mentors you know from when where she came from she she grew up with that legend um, but it's it's its own separate story so 
So on the uh, the sequel, I'm trying here. <laughs> the uh, so you're working on a sequel to the Bloodstone Reckoning, correct? Yes, yes, the second part. It's titled okay. The Darkness Rising. Okay, so if if one had read the Bloodstone Reckoning and they're very much awaiting the sequel or novel, what can you tell them about when they can expect it might be published, be out, and that where they can get a copy? Mm -hmm. I'm hoping I'm really I'm really trying very hard to get this thing rewritten and it, writing a sequel and, and then rewriting it is a lot harder than I initially thought. It's, it's tough. Yeah, I testify to that. Yes. Um, but I'm hoping to have this um, rewritten completely and back to my editor by the end of August. I'm hoping to have it probably out to the public. I'm really hoping by the end of October. OK, OK. If everything works the way I want it to, by the end of October, it should be out. So what made you choose fantasy over any other genre when you started writing? Uh, laziness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, really. <laughs> well, I love historical fiction, too. Not as much as fantasy. But when you look at historical fiction There's a lot of and the of work that it takes to a lot of research. I mean, Bernard Cornwall talked about the years of research he had to do before he wrote his Arthurian trilogy. And even writing fantasy, I had to do a lot of research because there's things that you incorporate. And if you're in a medieval type world, things that people expect from a medieval type world, you need to understand the rules and things of a medieval you know, world or what period. You know, was it feudal or was it this or was it Renaissance or how did they dress? What words do they say? You know, things, things like that. You can't, in my opinion, you shouldn't be using, you know, modern slang in a medieval fantasy book. So there's a lot of, you know, if, you, if I use slang words, they will come from like 14th, 15th century or something like that. Somewhere way older than now. <laughs> words like, you know, privy liquor and stuff like that, just little insults and things that these toss around. No cool it dude or uh, phrases like that in your book. <laughs> no, that, that's a big put off for me, actually. If uh, if I read uh, a fantasy book and, and they're all using day slang and stuff, it, I just put it down. I can't read it. Yeah, not very consistent. But no, really, I, I chose fantasy because of, of the, the fantastical, because you can have a dark force that's full of mystery. And um, my favorite tropes is a, a dark forest and you don't know what's going to happen in there. And, and, you know, or a dark castle uh, dungeon or those kind of things or those are the elements that I love. And um, so you, you know, you can, you can make anything happen. And I love that the expansiveness of it with historical fiction, or it's like, if you wrote a thriller, you, you're limited to um, of the rules of today's world. So like, if you're, you know, Dean Koontz and you know, you're, you're, I mean, he can write some pretty horrific stuff, but, and those are pretty, <laughs> out there too but i mean 
you know, he, he, a car is still a car and it's only going to do car things. You know what I mean? There's there's rules that apply to that world, fantasy world. I can expand those rules and make things bigger and, and or I can condense um, all, all kinds. Of, I think it just has more room for um, a deeper creativity. Yeah, well, mine is like I have a book coming out at the end of August, beginning of September, and it's a time travel book. So talk about trying to do research on like 1813, 1922, 1987, and then my short story is 1650, same characters, but trying to bounce within those and yet staying and following the rules of law is what I call them, you know, from D&D, but the rules of law within that particular community in that particular time frame. And so it's it's interesting. It's kind of mm -hmm. a little patient, but it wasn't. It was a challenge, and I like a challenge. <laughs> well, Mike, I know you're past president yeah. of Days Texas Writers Guild. Um, can you? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, can you? Uh, have there been any uh, authors or uh, mentors that have that you have that have helped you with your writing that you you look up to or can you recommend why uh, an inspiring author should join a writer's organization? Yeah, as far as people that have you know mentored me, first off, Kara has helped me a lot, and she's not an author, but um, you know she she really really is so supportive of me and um, helps me immensely. And uh, and then as far as authors go, um, Caleb Pertle kind of took me under his wing and, and encouraged me and, you know, gave me good advice and, and, you know, I was time with Caleb and um, he's, he, I really, I really, he's a great writer. And um, then I also look up to guys, Courtney hitters of the fantasy genre, J.R.R. Tolkien, um, Robert Howard um, and uh, Robert Jordan. Those, those, those guys and you know C.S. Lewis, those are the those are the heavy hitters and they influence on my writing. And of course Bernard Cornwell, he's historical fiction. I would call his Arthurian trilogy historical fantasy. Merlin uses magic, but you don't know if it's magic or a coincidence. So I think that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Robert those Jordan. Are, those are the the guys I look up to. It, mm -hmm. it, Wheel of Time. If you could get he, wrote, he wrote Conan books too. Robert Jordan and Robert. Do what? Robert Jordan uh, wrote the uh, fantasy, wrote both the Wheel of Time and some of the Conan books, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Robert Howard wrote uh, Conan and he wrote um, Solomon Cain. He was the originator of the Conan series. Yeah. If you had to give mm -hmm. advice to yeah. somebody who wants to yeah. write fantasy, what would you? What advice would you give them? Who wants to write fantasy? Well, you need to read a lot of fantasy. Mm -hmm. I would read quite a bit of fantasy, and um, also I think um, it's kind of sounds silly, but I, I was a World of Warcraft nerd for ten years, so and, and that helps too. Um, you know, and, and fantasy movies, they'll, they'll help you give you, huh? 
like role building skills, like for example, Dungeons and Dragons, you know, any like role playing games, you have to develop mm -hmm. characters, you have to develop the world. And so those actually are really good tools yes. for learning. Mm -hmm. I have one more mm -hmm. question yes, for you. Yes, because world building is huge. Yes, sir. Um, so, because we were visiting a little bit before the, the broadcast, um, you talked about your word count. So, um, and we we're speaking of Robert Jordan, Wheel of Time books, which are very big books. Uh, you know, uh, Robert Terry Goodkind, you know, the Sword of Truth series, you know, and all of that. Mm -hmm. So, one of my turnoffs personally about fantasy is books that are dictionary sized. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, uh, that are, uh, you know, that could be used as doorstops. Um, and I, I, you know, when you were, when you were talking earlier about well, what got you started on fantasy, what you said was almost exactly how it happened with me, you know? Uh, so, so I've, I'm used to, I mean, I've, I know that fantasy books are because of world building are going to be uh, bigger, longer books, bigger books, more word count than, than any other genre. Um, but do you think that, I guess what I'm asking is what is your views on when writing fantasy in terms of word count and the length and size of a book, whether it's a standalone novel or a book in a fantasy series? Yeah, I think that readers do tend to expect them to, to go a little longer than a a typical book or romance book. So when you pick up a fantasy book, you're expecting something a little bit, you know, longer. Um, but, you know, with that, it comes with the pacing because you really have to keep the pacing mm -hmm. done well. That's one of the things that Robert Jordan was pretty good at was his, especially early on, was the pacing of his of his books um, and, and good kind. Um so that's one thing, but I think the audiences nowadays also their attention span isn't what it used to be. <laughs> and so that's sitting down right. with the book, and, and that's why I'm trying to trim mine down you know, about a hundred thousand words uh, to kind of keep their attention and keep them reading. And then you know it, it the, the end is near kind of thing because if, if people get if they get bored or if it lags or if it's too long or whatever, I think they're going to put it down. Yeah, um, I think the. I think the Robert Maybe Jordan book, the Wheel of Time books, I think I read somewhere where the average length was like 350,000 words in, uh, in the Wheel of Time books. So the yeah, the, 13. The, Eye of the, world. the Eye of the World, I think, was 304,000 words or something like that. Yeah. Are you back, CJ? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay. Before I get cut off again, uh, there is no book world next week on August 3rd. We'll be returning on August 10th for, we're going to be talking about branding, you know, what it means oh, to the author, yeah. reader, that sort of thing. Uh, Mike, Michael, thank you so much for coming. Sorry about the technical difficulty. It's very painful for me on my end because I had to keep rebooting. So thanks oh. Mike for covering over. Um, does anybody have any last minute? We have about three minutes left. Well, before we leave, uh, where Mike, normally you do the CJ, you've been cutting out, but where would readers go to either find your website or find your books? 
Um, all of my books are on Amazon and my website is down below at uh, fantasyinmyveins.com. And that will take you to my Amazon page too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, thank Mike, you for having me. I really appreciate it. Like I said, sorry about the technical difficulties. Hopefully they'll be sorted soon, but I have a feeling the heat's playing a master part in it. So that's your newest book coming out. How the sun scorched the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Mike. Uh, thank you all for having me. That was a great interview. Thank you. Y'all have a good go one. Before we start to lock up again next week. And we will see you guys the week after. Bye-bye.